Time now for the lowdown on the Lobos. Welcome back to Team Talk 1017 the team. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser here till five, and then we go to Yankee Stadium for the Blue Jays and the Yankees as they start their season. Yankees dramatic winners last night against Tampa. But joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is our coach, David Williams, live from Lobo football practice. Okay, so there was some rain that came through town, coach. So I want to know, are you on the natural grass on the practice field, in the stadium on turf, or in the bubble on turf? We are on natural grass out on the practice field uh, right behind the Todium facility. Okay, so let me ask you this, because there was some rain in that part of town. I mean, we're out in Rio Rancho. We didn't get a drop yet, but uh, there was some rain that came through. So when, when you're coaching and you didn't have the luxury of being able to take your teams into a bubble, I'm sure, but like, how do coaches kind of measure whether they should be outside on natural grass in, in weather or on their turf in their stadium or in their bubble, coach? Well, you know, of course, one of the first concerns would always be lightning. Uh, and uh, the athletic trainers have more control over that than any coach, and, and uh, that would get all of our players inside. I would say more often uh, in inclement weather, we would try to find places on the field, which was not, not always perfect practice field situations, uh, where we would have the fewest puddles, the fewest uh, accumulations of mud, so that we could still have some controlled action and, and not have to worry about a sprained ankle. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't hurt. I know they're working on, you know, getting ready for Maine here in a, a very short period of time from now, two weeks from Saturday. But at the same time, I guess over the course of the season, uh, it's not a bad thing because you're going to face conditions like that over the course of the regular season, Coach. Well, absolutely. You know, I talked about the field conditions, and I would say now, um, 95% of the fields for the high schools are artificial turf. However, uh, in practice situations, uh, realizing that, as you said, there's going to be some, some bad days for game action, and when it's raining, the question is, should we stay out in the rain? And since we're going to be out playing in the rain, um, coaches will always find opportunities to let their kids stay out, keep working, uh, because the rain factor in a game is two things. It's distracting and kids can hear the raindrops hitting on their helmets. They see water dripping down off face masks. Their hands are wet and cold. But you're going to play in those situations, and so it's a good opportunity to get out, practice, and to remind them about concentration and doing the little things right so that you can take care of the ball. All right, so um, they're outside. The rain came through. Um, any observations at all uh, before we get into some of the nitty-gritty? Just uh, random things that you've noticed, Coach. Well, I would, I would just say that uh, I, I continue to be impressed by the uh, spirit and the, and the uh, activeness of the players. Uh, they always, of course, separate into offensive and defensive groups. And, uh, you know, there's competition between the two, but not heated, not argumentative, not hostile, just competitive. And uh, the kids really getting after it, like I say, a lot of spirit. Uh, the rain came through here. There's still a, a slight drizzle going on. But the attitude of the kids is definitely upbeat. Okay, here's another thing, too. Sam and I have been chatting. You know, we went to the – we saw the Lobo roster, Coach. Uh, the roster has 110 uh, players on it, many of which are New Mexicans. We'll, uh, we'll set that off to the side. But uh, I was trying to explain to Sam, at different times over the last six or eight years – 
there hasn't been 110 players at the disposal of these coaches. Am I right? That is correct. Yeah, they far can, fewer. You know, they can have up to about 125 kids or. Uh, that are on the team, uh, and there are limits. And that doesn't mean that they're all on scholarship, of course. Right. You don't have 85 kids on scholarship, but it's just another indication that kids that really love the game want to come out and prove that they can still play, they can take advantage of lottery scholarships and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, the coaches here make it very attractive for walk-ons to come and stay and be a part of it. They're not separated because they're not on an athletic scholarship. But it is so helpful to have numbers, uh, as the locals do, because football is a game of numbers, game of attrition, a uh, game of competition, and so the more the merrier for the for the local staff. Right, well, and, and we've talked to you at times over the years, Coach, as well, just about having depth and creating that competition for certain situations to get, get whether it's to get guys motivated. I mean, certainly you want to have bodies around, but those numbers kind of benefit these guys in, in more ways than one. Well, there's a lot of things that go with the numbers. You know, football is a tough physical game. It has to be taught and played that way. But still, if you're in a group and you have uh, only six or eight offensive linemen that just have to keep repeating the same activity over and over and over, at some point the kid's going to take a break. At some point he's going to lose concentration. But if you have 24 kids in that group, and now everybody gets the opportunity for repetition and then rest, and another thing that goes on, and I recognize this as a coach, is that your experienced players will teach the younger players. If he comes back to the end of the line and one of those guys that's been around for a couple of seasons and a couple earned a couple of uh, letters for his school, he'll be able to aid a, a youngster and give him some techniques, tips that will help the next time he steps up. Have you seen any specific examples of that this week? Because, I mean, that's what this time of year is for. We see examples in the NFL with the rookies coming in. I mean, have you seen any of that this week? Well, I think it goes on all the time, especially in the cohesive groups. You know, the, the receivers are not going to run out as many people. I, I mean, they're going to have uh, uh, three to six, and those guys are fighting for time. They may not want to share some of the inside secrets. But sure. like the offensive and defensive linemen, that are in the trenches that have so much contact and very little reward. I see it more amongst those groups where they're willing to take the young ones under wing and and give them good information. Have there been any situational drills that you've seen these guys run the last couple or this week that have caught your eye, uh, certain situational moments or just uh, specific things that they're working on? I would say that we are getting closer to that September 3rd opener and you would see more and more Situational. As a matter of fact, when I first came out today, the offense was working what you and I would consider a seven-on-seven drill. There were no linemen on either side, but there were linebackers and DBs and and the and the offensive skill people working on you know being at the forty-yard line, trying to get down inside uh, the the twenty-yard line to continue their offense. If they didn't make it, then they immediately called out the field goal team and they practiced that situation immediately. They more and more, as we approach the game, there will be situational opportunities. It's it's third and inches. It's uh, it's a fourth quarter, and we are ahead, and we want to run a slow-down offense because we want to take time off the clock. Those things are going on now. All right, Coach. Well, we've talked a little offense. We've talked a little defense. But you coaches always talk about how special teams is one-third of the game any observations with regard to special teams? Because we do know it's very important, Coach. Well, it is so important because 
you know, I used to tell my kids, I don't know if it'll win a game for us, but it will definitely <laughs> lose a game if you're not prepared. And there's so many things that can go on in special teams. What the Lobos do that I like is that they don't put it all in one segment where we're going to do all of the special teams now. For instance, I'm watching the offensive uh, uh, group right now against the defense and would not be unusual for them. They use the chains and the yard markers, and it might be a fourth down situation on the field, and they'll just call out the punt team. And they work at it at the situation where it would really occur. You know, and okay, now it's time for a punt return because the defense has held and get the proper people out. And I'll tell you, that's another hugely important thing are the substitution uh, assignments that have to be made on special teams because an offensive player might move over to a, to a defensive uh, uh, position and you've got to have kids paying attention. It might be the only thing a kid does in the game is be on the punt return team. But uh, if, if he's over on the sideline and, you know, looking at the cheerleaders from the other team and loses concentration and he doesn't go out there, then you're causing penalties for your team. So the transition from offense to defense to special teams is huge, and the Lobos do a good job of incorporating the special teams into just the regular activity of the game. So, Coach, all those years of being a head coach at Del Norte and El Dorado, are you telling me that at different times over the years you might have a player that was maybe daydreaming on this, the sidelines? Are you, are you kidding me? You want the whole story? Yeah, let's see. I had the kid named David. David Shell was a big tackle that played for us at Del Norte. Hey, he David. Ended up Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Going to Arkansas and uh, and was a four-year starter at Arkansas, but he was a junior on our football team at Del Norte, and he was on the punt team, and we're calling punt team, punt team, punt team, and the kids on the field are telling me, we have 10, and I turn around, and there's David Shell with his arms folded uh, talking to this female manager of ours uh, <laughs> that was prettier than anybody on the punt team, and I reached over and took his helmet off with one hand. That's a pretty good... That's a pretty good thing to do. I took the helmet off of him, and I put it on her and said, you're in. And she was petrified, but not any more than David. So once the word spreads that the coach is willing to do those kind of things, we got better concentration. And the moral of the story is uh, be chatting with the and Stay away from the girls. Uh, or or t- talk to the girls and get a full ride to Arkansas, coach. I mean, yeah, he was a couple of different he ways. Yeah, he probably had a few more advantages than the rest of us, huh? Yeah, he, he was a stud. All right. Well, uh, good for him. All right. All right. Well, they're practicing at night, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, uh, in the afternoons on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you're there with them, so we're going to keep bugging you, Coach. We'll talk to you next Tuesday and Thursday like we did this week. Thank you so much for checking in. Okay, man. Hey, real quick, Coach, right. Coach, Coach, you there? Yep. Okay. You ready yes. for you ready for tomorrow night? Because Sam's ready. You guys are going to be calling La Cueva at Rio Rancho tomorrow night, seven o'clock. And you know it's going to be—it's going to be the only game on in town. Uh, there's no other coverage, so the people that want to know what's going on between two powerhouses will be tuning in. I don't want to—I don't want to jinx Sam in any way. I know he'll do a great job. And uh, I'm worried more about me oh. being tongue-tied than he. Well, the the one the one that I'm least worried about is your grandson Ryan, who will be part of the crew because Ryan he, is so he's already he's you so know ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always brings stability to the to the crew uh, <laughs> each and every uh, high school broadcast. So make sure he uh, does. 
You tell him how he much does we have stability. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we're going to be tuned in tomorrow. Sam Hauser with the call. Uh, David Williams on uh, the color, and then Ryan Williams doing all kinds of things there in the press box there tomorrow night. Number two, La Cueva at number four, Rio Rancho Ram Stadium, seven o'clock. Uh, kickoff. All right. Well, we're going to talk some more high school because it starts tonight, actually, uh, around the state. When we do that with James Yotis from the Albuquerque Journal next, ESPN Radio 1017, the team.